everybody to Today in Space. This week on our episode of People of Science, we have Jenna Bryant on the podcast. Jenna, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, I'm, It's been a long time coming. We've been going back and forth trying to schedule this. Um, so it's cool to, to finally have you here so we can talk about adventures and all that stuff. But uh, let's start just real quick. Tell us about who you are, what you're doing now, and like embedded ventures give us give us like the the cap and we can start from there yeah well we're um we are an early stage dual use uh tech fund um i am the co-founder and co-gp alongside jordan noon who you have spoken with before um and we definitely i feel like represent the next generation of fund managers we're doing things a bit differently um First, just with the dual use tech thesis to begin with, um, but also with the way we get to know potential founders, the way we diligence companies, and then um, some of the community impact initiatives that we work on in STEM outreach, et cetera, are, are some things that we do just as a time investment that I'm extremely proud of. I've, the more I've learned about Embedded Ventures, the more that uh, you know I've, I've really enjoyed seeing what this next generation is looking like um real Thank quick you. is my video weird or is it just on my end oh it is weird it is weird okay it's oh oh it froze for whoa it's like it's like frozen or you're in a matrix I'm, oh wow okay. oh that's kind of cool actually that, what just it, happened it there? is, it is kind of cool i'm I've, I've multiplied myself i've cloned How'd you myself. do that that's dangerous that's very dangerous deep, that's deep tech <laughs> here i'm gonna stop my video maybe it's just the gopro acting up yeah let's try again i'll tell you okay or it could be all of the neon lights behind me. Your camera was like, whoa, we can't, <laughs> just, we can't yeah, handle that. You're winning on that front. Or it um, was my Spice Girls tea. <laughs> One or the other. Could be. Now I can't see you at all. All right, let's do this. While I'm figuring my audio out, tell the folks, I can put something over this. Tell the folks okay. about yourself. Tell us about the person, Jenna Bryant. Oh my gosh. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> about an hour. Um, I have a I have a really super non-traditional background. Um, my career launched in tech, actually recruiting for early stage startups um, many years ago when Snap was new, when Oculus was on Kickstarter, and um, it actually was a job that was just meant to pay my bills. Um, I have always been creative. I was a dancer growing up. And so I really didn't know exactly what I was going to be when I grew up. When I was a kid, if you asked me, I said I wanted to be a teenager. When I was a teenager, I probably said, you know, tour with Beyonce or something like that. So it took me a hot minute to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And actually, it wasn't until I transitioned from recruiting to venture that I said, okay, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, I, I definitely also wanted to do things differently, which is why I'm super proud of the fund that Jordan and I have built with Embedded and, and some of the ways we're doing things differently. Um, but yeah, super, super non-traditional path to, to venture, that's for sure. But I'm glad that, um, you know, the world's changing. There's this long-standing misconception that we're all either left-brained, uh, leaning towards logic and analysis and detail-oriented tasks or right-brained. So mm. taking an approach to tasks more creatively or or intuitively, but I think that that really limits our potential and both mm. art and science really require um, a foundation that calls for creativity and curiosity and experimentation. And so 
I feel like my, my dual pursuit and, um, you know, especially in the early years of my career of remaining super creative and working in tech, um, actually allowed me to embrace a, a, a life and develop a career that had no restraints. I loved yeah. when I was re-listening back to your podcast with Jordan, um, you mentioned non-traditional paths to tech, et cetera. Um, and I just really enjoyed, it was really fun to listen, especially to listen to, um, to two awesome people celebrate women in tech and, and diversity in tech and, and in venture. So I really enjoyed listening back to that. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, yeah, this podcast literally exists because of the, the non-traditional path. So, um, part of what I'm trying to do with these segments is talk to people like yourself who've just, there's so many people that are on the edge of wanting to be in science or tech or any of the STEM and, and, and STEAM, like you're, you're a yep. great example of that. Um, and I think showing them and having these conversations just helps people know, be like, Hey, like, okay, I, I can take whatever path I need to take to get. Yeah. There. It's crazy. I've learned, you know, so much with some of the STEM outreach projects we've done. Mm. Um, Tell I don't us about know. those. Yeah. Okay. So, so we are, um, we're really, really holding our own in the science and technology section of Twitch. I don't know if you've seen our Twitch awesome. stream, but we do this. Uh, I mean, when I say this, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing at myself because um, I, I'm pretty sure most people are on Twitch watching people play Among Us um, and not <laughs> watching our, our stream. But um, we actually partnered with uh, really early on when we were first developing our thesis and ramping up to investing. Um, Jordan and I both have been super passionate about um, about STEM, about representation, about being mm -hmm. visible, um, and also showing what it's like to learn something new. I know, yeah. I know for me, I probably would have been really, really intimidated, um, especially really young, uh, like in high school, middle school, um, to, to lean into STEM. I, I never, no one ever would have put me in, um, in kind of that pathway. And it's because I didn't see anyone like me. Um, and so we talk a lot about how learning is messy and how it doesn't all work out perfectly. Like you see on YouTube videos. Yeah. And so we thought it would be really fun with it. We partnered with the mentorship project and they teamed us up with, um, Robinson, Robinson County, North Carolina, uh, public city schools. Hmm. And, um, they are just incredible. The entire school system, they have like amazing leaders over there who, allowed their students to watch us stream every Thursday as we build an 8-bit wow. computer from scratch on breadboard. So we sent them the breadboard kits. We actually did Ben Eater's kit, which is kind of funny because he, you know, he, he does the perfect YouTube video and then I do the really messy version on <laughs> Twitch. Um, but it's shown what it's like to learn something for the first time and that it's yeah. super messy and that it doesn't all go perfectly. We spend, you know, it's, it's, it's on the stream. It's me like literally showing a close up of, you know, my hands actually doing, we call yeah. it jumpering, um, breadboarding, mm. um, and, and Jordan talking me through it. Um, of course my co-founder and co-GP here at Embedded and then Jesse Frizzell, who's I mean, she's famous engineers who hear this are going to probably know who she is, <laughs> um, but they're talking me through this and we'll spend weeks debugging the project. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, who would think that, <laughs> you know, some of the top engineers in the world are, are needing to debug, a, a, you know, electrical engineering, fundamental breadboarding yeah. project. And so it's something that we're really passionate about. We love, um, 
again, like I said earlier, we like to invest our time in things like this. Mm. Um, but something that we actually, I'm not even sure if I'm really supposed to say it. I think I can because they put it on their website, but we haven't officially announced it yet. Um, but we are actually bringing back um, Jordan, um, me and Jordan personally, and then also on behalf of Embedded, um, mm. we are bringing back a, a project at USC called Project Payload. It's with their K through 12 STEM center. Mm. It's gonna return this summer. Um, and it's for middle school girls um, so they can experience science, technology, engineering, math, all the STEM things uh, through rocket design, payloads, satellites, Arduino awesome. programming. Um, so they're going to design, build, and launch their, their rockets um, and high-altitude balloon sensor device at Starbase nice. in Los Alamitos. And so we're super, super excited about it. Again, haven't officially announced it, but it is on their website. So I feel like <laughs> I can spill the tea here. Well, that's friggin' amazing. Like I, that is such an awesome opportunity um, to be able to actually like work on every system, understand why it's working, get it to do what it's supposed to do, and like have a reason for working on something. Yeah, it's and it's such a and and the stakes are high. You yeah. know, I'm like that is so cool that yeah. you know the opportunities are huge, but also to see what it's like for things not to work. Yes. And, you know, especially, you know, I'm the, the non engineer on our team mm. and, but I hear all of these stories when Jordan was learning so many things for the first time and we laugh at it, but I'm like, I wish everyone knew could, could hear these stories because yeah. it, it really demystifies what a day in the life is for an engineer. Cause it's a lot yeah. of trying something. It doesn't work out. Try again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we're all about that here. Like uh, part of this whole <laughs> today in space podcast is me figuring out uh the world around me and like learning from things like for a while james webb space telescope an impossibility it wasn't gonna happen it was gonna take forever and now that this happened i'm totally on board i'm totally blown away by it and like that's okay like it that that's part of the scientific thing is like you can be wrong and you can grow off of that mm. so isn't it all wild it is it it's is. super cool I, I feel like sometimes someone we were talking about launch earlier today and I was like, I'm, I've been living in sci-fi world over here. <laughs> I was like, launch is so yesterday. I sounded so ding-dongy when I said it, but um, I was like, who do I think I am? I thought it was pretty funny though, but it's true. We're so beyond launch. There's so much happening and it does mm -hmm. seem sci-fi actually. It's pretty cool. It does. it does. I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. This is a Julia Kaliski design. Um, she's been on the podcast a few times. That's uh, super cool. Yeah, she's... She's an artist, graphic artist. She does amazing stuff. I love um, it. Thank you. I'm gonna you. have to look her up. I'm wearing a uh, Hot Topics finest Spice Girls. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. It's a throwback. Um, That's right. <laughs> so so let's let's go back to so dance was kind of an early part of your uh, of your life and what you wanted to do. Like how did it yeah. go from uh, dance to to tech? Great question. Um, I think it was. Yeah, you know, after school, I needed a job that paid my bills. <laughs> and um, I ran into a, a family friend who had a boutique recruiting firm. Um, I was commission only. Um, and mm. I was considered actually somewhat technical, which now I laugh at that. But my, my degree is in fashion design, and I focused mm. on computer aided design. And so I learned AutoCAD, mm. Illustrator, uh, Photoshop, all the things. And so, um, I laugh at that being considered technical, but whatever. Um, I, I remember spending a lot of my time at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove reading, like probably computer programming for dummies, but, um, 
yeah, all, all through recruiting, it was something, it was a happenstance. I was like, I could probably be a recruiter. I love talking to people and, um, (laughs) and I've, I'm, I really am am into what's happening with startups. This was Mm. at the time when a lot of really great engineers, especially in LA worked at agencies. And so it was before, you know, big brands did their own websites, the agencies built them for them. And Mm. so it was a lot of recruiting out of agencies, literally trying to convince people to go to startups that now are huge. And they're like, absolutely not. I would never, um, what is this? Yeah. You know, is this a, is this a scam? Not really, but it was was a different time where, I mean, it was really hard. Um, and it was, yeah. So it was, I, I didn't realize now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, how cool that, you know, there was so much happening. Um, yeah. And in LA, I feel like I got a really unique perspective because mm. I was, it, it was a smaller pond than San Francisco. So I feel like I really mm. got to be a part of um, everything that was being built here from the ground up. And so slowly over time, I had a, my, my very first mentor is a guy named Colin DeJaro, who's one of the MySpace co-founders. Mm. Um, which I was telling my interns last year, I was like, y'all, MySpace was it. Okay. Yeah. You have no idea. You haven't lived until you've had a MySpace. So, <laughs> you could um, do so Colin, much with it at the time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we were, I remember we were all like coding our own sites on MySpace and stuff and doing really <laughs> cool stuff. It was like yeah. entry, entry level programming. Um, and so he was actually a really awesome mentor for me. And he was someone mm. who really encouraged me to, to, go off on my own to work for myself, work just with companies I wanted to work with. And that's when I really started loving it. Mm. Um, and I think all along, I don't think anyone, you know, when they're growing up says, Ooh, I want to be a recruiter when I grow up. Right. Um, and that same, I, I never, I, I like never thought I would, I would say that. And so mm. when it did happen, I was going, okay, I really like this. Um, but what else? And so yeah. it wasn't until I transitioned to venture that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. But I, mm. I've always um, loved to dance. I will always dance. Um, it's a it's a huge part of my life. And again, mm. I do think that like it really complements everything that I do here at Embedded. It, it you know also exposes me to so many different people and and. Yeah. And I love music. It's just a really nice balance. It gives yeah. me it gives me what I need in my life to to be happy. Totally. And and the other thing too is like, and that we talked about this with Jordan is like that balance of you two working together, right? It's like the mm. super technical, and then oh, yeah. like the sales, the the investment side of things, the bigger picture, like the more create. Not that Jordan isn't creative, but in your mind thinking creatively as far as the business and where that can go yeah we definitely be creative on like how to engineer that how to technically you know and all that stuff it's so fun we have like seeing how we complement each other and we end up doing so many of our calls together and in the early days we did that when we were we were really sharpening our pitch and Mm. and you know even just getting feedback from mentors in the industry we would do those together because you know we wanted to hear the opinion together um and it was it was really neat and something that we just continued doing because it it was so natural we can uh, if there's a question i can't answer or mm-hmm. he's more suited to answer we go that direction same vice versa and it's a really good balance and so and i also with the with our thesis at, at embedded I actually started embedded and jordan was an advisor and mm. then 
he makes it sound easy. It wasn't easy for me to recruit him. Um, but it, it did, I listened back. He did make it sound easy. He makes it sound so easy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, if only they knew the truth. Here it is. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I had been kind of planting the seed for him to transition into venture for a long time. And a lot of that was because I wanted to see more people like him in venture. Yeah. You've seen, you see, um, you know, with, with all the software startups that have been hugely successful and very visible to everyone in the world. Um, a lot of software founders who have been successful have transitioned into venture. Mm. Um, you haven't seen so many hard tech, uh, founders who have been successful, like Jordan transitioning mm. into venture. And so the, the, you know, even evaluating deals, it's, it's, you're, you're trying to evaluate whether founders who can execute on, on a hypothetical that's going to mm. take, you know, maybe even three years to engineer. Right. Um, it, it, the kind of traditional banking background doesn't, doesn't really fit there in this, this little pocket, um, because you are evaluating, you know, character qualities of the founder founders, right. you're evaluating, do they have the technical depth to execute on this hypothetical? Um, what's their, you know, how are they going to spend the money? Are they being realistic with spend with these right. long exit timelines? And you know, I was really excited to see not, you know, not even just, I'd say you see more uh, PhDs in uh, hard tech mm. venture, which is amazing. Um, but I was excited to see more, you know, in engineering leadership and uh, people like Jordan trans yeah. transitioning into venture. So um, when I recruited him over, um, I knew that that was the gap I needed to fill. It was something that mm. I was super passionate about. Um, I knew what my skills were going to be and, and how I did things differently, especially on, you know, character evaluation. Are they the people who can grow and build and scale a team? Can they retain mm. talent? One of the first things right. we do once we make an investment is help them recruit their team. Your first job as a founder, once you get the first check is you become a recruiter. Um, you normally don't have an in-house team and you also normally can't afford um, to have you know someone on on retainer just yet right. um and so we help a lot with that um but regardless even if they work with an agency or whatever they have to be an excellent recruiter right. um and so I, I certainly knew where my value add was um on the diligence side and because of the recruiting the deal flow just naturally pops up um yeah. but i didn't but i knew that i needed you know this other piece which was uh jordan's skill set to really complement yeah. mine to see the fun that i wanted to see exist happen so it, cool. it it wasn't easy to get him, but I did. <laughs> well, bravo! It's long story long. That no, that was great. That was great. I, I it's interesting to hear about how this stuff works at the higher level. You know, um, I've worked at some some tech companies now in my time, and like three or four at this point. So I've seen founders come and go. I've seen people kind of you know transition from being a part of the original company to now the company's doing something different. Mm -hmm. um, and it's cool that you guys are like helping them all start uh, at a certain point. And I'm sure at some point, if you know, when things work out, you can then bring people across the different companies and and investments that you're using. It's super interesting because something that we did kind of as an experiment that mm. is working is uh, we incubated a company, Kitty Cad, mm. and the yes. name actually started as a joke, and then. <laughs> Everyone was like, you can't change it. Um, so we stuck with it. Um, but we had, we knew that we were in a unique spot 
to be able to do it. And it actually all started because Jesse Frizzell, who I was talking about earlier with the stream, she mm -hmm. called Jordan and was like, hey, what did y'all do at Relativity when you had this type of problem? Mm -hmm. You know, how do hard tech shops solve this? Basically, um, what's next for uh, CAD software for hardware? Mm -hmm. um, and Jordan was like, no, good luck. There's not a solution for it. Um, and we were like, well, let's just see what's out there. And yeah. so we, you know, reached out to engineers and said, what have y'all seen? Um, and everyone was like, are you going to create this? If so, I want to work there. Or, you know, if you had this, you know, something readily available for us, we'd buy it or, or whatever. The hype was real. Yeah. The hype was so real. <laughs> like, we, I think we, we, we did like a random uh, email address saying like, send us your thoughts. And we got full on wow. thesis papers in our <laughs> inbox i was like wow people are very passionate about cad yeah. and so um we decided to incubate it um and it's been really cool baking it from scratch and and you know even seeing the value that we've brought just from understanding the problem really right. well um and then just kind of bootstrapping the team together and and it seeing something go from nothing to something is really exciting and yeah. the fact that we get to be that involved i'm like this is so cool Mm -hmm. It's something that we're really excited to do again when we see gaps in, in the industry that that aren't being filled. And and honestly, a lot of people don't even understand the problem because they've never yes. walked a day in, in Jordan or Jess's shoes. So right. And there's so many different people, too, in that in that regard, just to go off on a nerd tangent here, as, as many of the Let's people that emailed you back in. Um, like when I was in school, so this is 2008 for, you know, into 2012, 2015. Like SolidWorks was the thing, and everyone had to learn that. Super expensive and not that accessible. Um, if you're outside of that, not throwing any shade at SolidWorks. It's great. It's a great CAD program. I'm gonna tell um, them you said this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But they like everything. Then kind of got built off of that. So it's like a very similar platform. But at a certain point, is it everyone trying to repeat the same thing that's been done, or is it actually making the thing uh, better than the last thing was? So it sounds like that's what you guys are trying to tackle. And that's, that's huge. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. And we are, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And right. So we're in it for the long haul, but luckily we're hard like tech it. investors. So we're used to long timelines. So it <laughs> works awesome. out. That's awesome. So tell me more about the thesis and like investing from your perspective. You know, we got Jordan's perspective and, and he comes at it from like the technical side of things of like, what is it possible for us to make and how great can we make that thing? But for you, for investing, like what, what's your, do you have a thought process? What's that, where do you see the next five, 10 years? And then we'll just jump to 20. I'd like to think what you. Oh, goodness. Well, technically I'm not supposed to give invest in investment advice. So okay. I'll be as okay. broad as I can here. Um, but actually an, an area that's fun to talk about and mostly because a lot of people, you know, it, it's new to them and it was new mm. to me, but the, the, origin of me and Jordan meeting each other was uh, my curiosity in dual use tech. And in mm -hmm. fact, I didn't even know like what the term dual use really referred yeah. to. Um, and so it's when something is available to both the public and private sector. And so mm -hmm. I was really eager, you know, seeing all of these awesome technologies um, at the same time. And he still currently is my brother's a um, Marine Corps V-22 Osprey pilot. And so he's currently based in Okinawa, Japan. Um, but I'm like proud younger sis. We're, mm -hmm. we're 
only two years apart age-wise, one wow. year school-wise. And so we were super close growing up. And so um, I've always like just been like such a huge fan of my brother. Oh, also awesome. extremely protective. And so <laughs> I was seeing all of these technologies available as the younger sis. He all would right. say he's more protective of me, but whatever, um, <laughs> which is probably true. Um, but I was seeing all of these emerging technologies mm. and then going to my brother and being like, hey, are y'all using this? Are y'all using that? And I was just hearing some of the hurdles that um, that our active service members deal with because yeah. there isn't tech that's available for use um, and that that that's ready, that that can be updated quickly. That's uh, what we call clean. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was going, but why not? Why not? Why yeah. not? And so I knew being an early stage investor, um, you do, you are able to, you know, coach and mentor early teams through certain decisions. And it could be one different decision that allows them to, uh, uh, you know, have an opportunity to work with the government in the future. It could be one wrong decision that sure. eliminates that opportunity forever. And so I actually pulled outreach Jordan on LinkedIn. I, I threw together this webinar series. I always say that it, it happened because of my Southern accent people felt sorry for me. So they showed up. Oh but no. I was like, they were like all oh, this, this girl, we're going to show up just to help her out. Um, but it ended up, it's like a really, really cool, uh, little webinar series. It's uh, Chatham house rules. So what happens there stays mm. there, but, um, it's collaborative discussions around, um, how to work with the government, especially for early stage startup founders. It's mm. brand new territory for them. And I'm a great example of that. I was going, I don't really know how to mentor my founders and, and make sure that, you know, they make certain decisions that allow them to be suitable to potentially yeah. work with the government in the future. And so I called out Reach Jordan, invited him to my webinar series, um, really wanted to get to know him because I was going, wow, mm -hmm. this person is, is clearly insanely talented. He's also figured out how to work with the government pretty quickly and from day one yeah and so um that's actually how our conversation began and that's how we originally met um but i i'd say i still i learned so much every day and mandy vaughn who's our operating partner um she and jordan really mentor and coach me on the the dual use tech side of things mm. um, but in terms of learning that's been something that has been fascinating and it's also super personal to me um, and so that was the, the driving force behind my passion for dual use tech, um, and leaning into mm -hmm. that. And so that's definitely not a traditional thesis for yeah. fund managers. Um, <laughs> and it's not easy either. Um, but it's, yeah. you, know, you can, you can have the, you know, obviously we have to, it's our fiduciary responsibility to our LPs to have, you know, certain returns, et cetera. Mm. And you can have both. And we've seen, we've mm. seen it happen. Um, it's going to be happening even more in the future. Um, and so we're really excited to be kind of paving the way there. Um, mm. especially as the next generation of, of fund managers, obviously other yeah. people did it first to really pave the way, but <laughs> pave the way. Right. Um, but uh, we all stand on the shoulders of, you know, our predecessors. It's people did great before us. That's right. It's true. But that, that's, right. that's such an interesting crossroads because it's not something that gets discussed a lot. And it's especially relevant to space mm -hmm. where the government is involved at pretty much every level. This is the oh, first yeah. time that we're starting to see some private, you know, enterprises doing it themselves, but they're still having to go and, and work together with the government. So I think it's yeah. it's that's a really important bridge that's being connected that, that you're helping with. Um, 
there's a huge learning curve too, though. You know, yeah. I always say I'm, I'm learning to translate government to English. It's not easy. <laughs> um, and for me, you know, I'm so passionate about it naturally because it is personal mm. to me, but, right. um, you know, oftentimes, you know, founders are given advice of, you know, don't worry about that. Don't, don't mm. go in that direction. You can make so you can make money, you know, without doing that. And I'm like, well, but what if you did both? And you, mm. and you made even more money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes it's just like making one different decision in the early days. Like it's not mm. even, and, and, and learning how to write proposals, which I'm like, discipline, let's go, you know? Yeah. And, and now there are people who can help with that. And, and everyone is, um, or not everyone, but, you, but more people are leaning into this and wanting to figure out how can we help, you know, young companies figure this out. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an exciting time, but also a learning Absolutely. curve for everyone. Like we're, we're all yeah. learning all the time, how all of this works, but, um, definitely necessary, especially when we, when we start geeking out about space stuff in the future. Totally. That's a perfect segue. So let's geek out about some space stuff that's happening right now. Is there anything that's happened recently that like has just completely blown you away in, in, anything that's launched or anything well, like I'll that? Well, I'll tell you, I'm surprised at how like actually archaic some of our infrastructure is. <laughs> so I, I actually normally look and I'm like, really? Uh, true story. I actually told Jordan that I thought relativity was printing too slow. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I can't believe I said that. But oh, I, you're I, hilarious. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's the non-engineer. Um, I love but, it. But, you know, I'm, I, I've all, I, honestly, I'm fascinated that our information travels overseas through subsea cables like mm. just even how the internet works is fascinating to me and yeah. and i'm like how in the world um even our office is in malibu and and like <laughs> our, we don't even have signal there so i yeah. mean it's just crazy um so i'm excited to see like critical infrastructure catch up i know that mm. doesn't sound as like sci-fi as like i really it's realistic could go but yeah. realistically, it is going to take a long time. Yeah. I mean, um, that's the hurdle that everything's going to yeah. hit if if we don't figure it out and all this progress just happens all of a sudden. Totally. Yeah. Um, and with, with what's next, I'm like, man, switching to digital was easy. But mm. like every company becoming a robotics company, you know, hard tech <laughs> is, is hard yeah. and, and requires insane resources. It requires mm. latency issues to be fixed. It requires like just insane connectivity and, and, and hardware, right. um, storage, et cetera. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm excited to see changes there for years. Honestly, I've been like losing sleep about GPS, but how so just the, the just Google what? it, just, just Google, just Google it? Okay. like 20. I mean, there have been articles, you know, for the last 10 years on, you know, the, the, uh, how behind GPS is and mm. some of the some of the risks with current infrastructure and it's mm. terrifying actually and so I'm really excited to see advancement mm. in GPS um, but then I just love like I think space space tech in general I, Jordan and I sometimes think a little differently on it as I think more on the critical infrastructure side mm. um, but also I, I get super excited about like our, our company inversion space that we've invested, not our company, but a company we invested in. Mm. Um, they're doing low cost reentry capsules. Like they're, I mean, that kind of stuff is Beautiful. just so neat. You know, yeah. when you think of the possibilities, I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah. Well, what I mean, about you? What are you, what are am you I excited? Yeah. What's that? And, and you can go sci-fi or not. Oh, well, thank you for the question. I appreciate that. Um, 
I've been really obsessed lately with what the first people in the first 50 years of living in space are going to have to deal with. Like and radiation? Like what skills? Radi but even like, let's say we get that right. Let's say we get a spacecraft that works. Okay. Like how much, how many, how skillful are you going to have to be to troubleshoot while you're up there? Like if you're out there for a five-year mission, like you're not going to be able to And is it Tony Stark style where you have like Jarvis? Yeah, probably. I think it would have to be. I, I think, I actually think about you guys sometimes where I'm like, okay, like after launch, post launch, like what do you do? Like, what is that going to look like? And there's going to, having a, an artificial intelligence on board that will be able to keep life systems running troubleshoot faster than you're going to be able to and then yeah. you're there to tweak and you know do the other manual stuff um that's that's the thing that I've, I've really been captured by what's interesting though is like as a kid never would i imagined my my granddad was telling a story the other day of about my nephew and said mm -hmm. that they were talking about his times tables and my nephew was you know he was doing doing his timetables, whatever. And then my granddad said, okay, what is uh, 36 times 36? I'm going to use that exam example. And he and William goes, hey, Alexa, what's 36 times 36? And I was like, that's crazy. Like when I think yeah. about that, I'm like, as a kid, that would have been insane to me, you know, yeah. to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So when I think, gosh, yeah, especially once infrastructure catches up. Yeah. But yeah, where where would you go in space if you could if you could like go anywhere? If I could go anywhere, I think I don't know. I think the moon is extremely like if you're gonna go first to some place, I think the moon's great. It's also a nice trip back. It's also kind of I'm just trying to make sure I have a way back. That's pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> and possible. But who no, would you the go moon with? Would be Grace. If, who would I go had, with? Yeah, if you had to go, if you mm. could only go with one other person, who would you go with? Oh, I would I would go with my girlfriend Sarah. Absolutely, she's also a, a space nerd and um and we would geek out about a lot of the science stuff that we would just the experience we both i love it really excited about it if you got to walk on the moon who would get to step out of the capsule first Ooh, i think i'd have to give it to her yeah have her that's so her. sweet yeah yeah i would make some big obnoxious noise and and try and take the moment afterwards but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like jump over no. yeah, some big, big long speech probably yeah i no. love it i love it no that's so fun i know isn't it wild to think that like i mean already space flight is is becoming easier and low cost it's kind of it wild it's crazy and i i'm super excited for like the whole reusability thing when i was in school was not at all a reality and now it's 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 going to happen Oh yeah. All spacecraft are going to be reusable from now on. And to think that that's like the big jump that we've made in 10 years, like to your point of the infrastructure, it, it's still stuck in that post shuttle era. Mm -hmm. like we really, everything is still, it was, all of the funding was at a standstill from, from what I can tell from back then, yeah. everything just kind of screeched to a halt and we kept using the tech that we had from before. The Soyuz was the thing yep. taking all the humans up. Yep. So yeah, I think, I, I think there's going to be, like Blue Origins Orbital Reef is an interesting idea, you know, a conglomerate of companies trying to put together something that makes a financial case for space stations. I think that's good. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be 15 years if they get it up there before it 
like really kicks off but there's going to be a lot of things that'll get tested out there i think it's so cool every time i think about it i'm like ooh, and yeah. gosh i hope we're i hope like i hope it happens sooner than sooner than later you know especially yeah. on the infrastructure side because none totally. of these cool things can happen if, if everything else doesn't catch up no absolutely not yeah and and we've there's been a struggle for resources lately yeah like, supply chain Launches. Stuff is... Absolutely. I mean, yeah, this is the the worst logistical time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All of this stuff to happen. Um, does something wild. like yeah, does something like uh, SpaceX's Starship, uh, Star, um, Starlink, the constellations, does does that, uh, from an infrastructure perspective, what are your thoughts? Uh, it doesn't solve all of our problems. I'll just say that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and and I have several predictions on and ideas on how that could be adjusted. I won't go too far into it because we'll be here all day. I mean, um, but I don't, I don't think that's the, Fair. that's not our solution for everything that we need yeah. to fix at the moment, but, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. So I'm a fan. I'm definitely okay. a fan. Do you have any ideas for, I guess, if you had to pick one thing in the infrastructure that you think would be like the most influential, because I, I think it's an important topic. Gosh, and infrastructure just in general. There are too many things. What's a th it, what's a major? I don't want to say necessarily major weakness, but like what could you do today that could make a big difference? Well, even just you know fixing GPS and okay. and, and making sure that time synchronization and everything is 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 rock solid. Um, and I know a lot of people are working on that. So, uh, yeah. but people don't realize. People are like, "Oh, your Google Maps wouldn't work," and I'm like. Yeah, and bank <laughs> transactions can't happen. Like so many other things, like everything yeah. runs on GPS. So oh, we're all so used to wild. having it. even just our basic everyday lifestyle would be completely halted if it if it oh. crashed. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and it People you know lost. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. So so maybe don't Google. Okay. Um, okay. Don't do it. Don't go down that rabbit hole. You'll never sleep again. Tell me about the. Uh, is that a a pop behind you yes this is a uh, doc from back to the future 2015 oh cool uh, did you watch the delorean documentaries the delorean documentaries no okay you have to go down that rabbit hole okay are cool. you a are you a back to the future fan <laughs> oh absolutely that's probably sci-fi wise uh the most influential series for me like i i see like doc is such a great character marty is the perfect like balance to him um yes it's so good it's so good and and the time like to and watching the documentaries of how it was made and how just amazing it is that they even finished the movie in the first place it's um, so good it's so good it's so good and like i love all three of them i, I remember i got the trilogy on vhs which of course dates me but uh no, for I my love, birthday I, I need to actually get a vhs player because i got some star wars vhs tapes that Ooh. i want to play but okay keep going oh, yeah. though no 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 um so yeah back to the future is a big uh, sci-fi star trek for sure oh yeah um you know captain picard the borg like all of that stuff q i love q as a character yep yeah you have to okay watch there there are a few documentaries out right now on mm. um is it john delorean um the creator oh, of the delorean of the car dang okay it's pretty interesting yeah i know There's a little bit about about that and how crazy that was too <laughs> yeah there's i watched one recently called framing john delorean it was wild i was like wow i oh i never God. knew about <laughs> half of this stuff it was insane but That's interesting crazy. nonetheless 
Yeah. And I was like, wow. And then, and then, and I was going, man, I never see DeLoreans anywhere. And then I'm driving down the street in Palm Springs after a friend's wedding and boom, there's a DeLorean on the side of the road. I was like, isn't that what always happens? Yeah, totally. I may have applied to a, like a competition to get a DeLorean. Stop. I didn't get it. I didn't get it though. Were you playing Monopoly at McDonald's? No, no. It was actually recently. It was like an uh, Omaze thing or something like that. That um, is so cool. Yeah, but uh, I didn't get it. That's okay. That's all right. Well, I can next keep time. Trying. Next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> um, I love it. So let's see. Uh, are there any influential sci-fi for you? Gosh, Was sci-fi really? a big part for you? Um. Yes, I loved. I loved. I, I loved and still love movies. My favorite movie, mm. actually, of all time, is Wally. Um, oh, you can't see, but I do one. have a Wally on my shelf way over there. Oh, cool. Um, but but I just love Wally. It's it's so yeah. great, and I love kind of the juxtaposition of Wally and Eva, and it's tragic and exciting, and mm. all, you experience all the emotions, and you get in 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 a short period of time. Yeah, <laughs> and no. you fall in love with a trash compactor. <laughs> totally, and you're like, totally. Oh, my heart is melting for Wally. <laughs> um, but yeah I, I it also especially with you know how we're thinking about living our lives and the decisions yeah. that we make it also may may you know influence i think a lot of people to to think differently mm. um on the renewable side too so totally we still have a long way to go there but we do we do i say that with all this junk in my shelves hey but. i hear you i mean it, it's one of those things like um even just like energy around the planet i think that's something that we're stuck in this weird thing where it's, you know, we obviously want to make the, the world a better place, leave it better than we did, but it's like removing gas without replacing anything with it just leaves people with nothing, with no energy. So we're just kind of stuck in this like crazy thing. And there's a lot of material science that I think could, could really develop in the next 10 oh, years. I'm so excited about material science. Yeah. We actually okay, invested. Let's talk about okay. It. Let's talk about it. Um, I, we invested in a company called Kermatic and mm. um, it's it's not about the 3D printing. It's the chemical reaction enabled by 3D printing. And Jordan Cora, mentioned this, yes. Yes, Cora, their founder is a material scientist and like and chemist and just fascinating. And it's so neat to see what she can do that's mm. enabled by a 3D printer that's just like fascinating. Yeah. And so I definitely think um, bioengineering, material science you know all of those um applications are going to be just popping off here absolutely. and they already are so. they are they absolutely are um from a from a bioscience uh, additive perspective um I'll, I'll, I'll give an example of where i see like a really value add and i'd like you to give one too um, okay big picture sci-fi stuff but if like we're able to 3d print an organ like oh gosh heart, yeah a lung and it functions so cool. and it's compatible not only is it amazing and, and crazy like okay yeah if i get old i can replace it but e even like transplants like let's say you, you have cancer or something you have to get something removed totally you can make the same organ and not need the rejection medicine like the mm -hmm. lifestyle of someone gets changed absolutely with something totally. like that if we get it right um so that I mean, to me is huge yeah i think bioengineering in general it's actually more uh you know more forward than a lot of people realize mm. um where 
we can bioengineer breast milk and you know so wow. many unique things that that can meat replicate or, I guess other make, things make meat. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah Re replicate the original and it's mm. you know it's really exciting to see what what's happening there and some countries yeah. are are a bit ahead there um even on the like regulatory side mm. um but i think that you know, people are pretty into it here as well, which is exciting. But it, I mean, mm. literally, it, it ranges from, of course, I'd say the food, uh, food tech space is, you know, definitely more visible to most. Um, mm. But then, yeah, like you're saying, with, uh, and then what happens when we're engineering in space, like in Leo? Totally. If you're engineer, you know, if you are trying to replicate an uh, organ, totally. In, in Leo and, and allowed to travel anywhere and like Hunger Games, yeah. Hunger Games is a little controversial, I know, but like, yeah. you know, when the things just fall out of the sky and it's like, <laughs> here it is, you yeah. know, and Leo, yeah, it can get anywhere really fast. Absolutely. So you airdrop it, Absolutely. you know, anywhere in the world. Oh man. It's that, wild. It is wild. And that's also something that's been weird. I, I haven't talked about it that much, but I know there's been a lot of interest, maybe at least in just articles and surface level funding, but um, in the idea that SpaceX's Starship will be able to just launch and return um, to deliver things around the planet, which I think mm -hmm. is, uh, oh, it opens up a whole nother bag of regulations and what's possible and how you'd need to look at the global landscape in, in itself, which the the infrastructure is definitely not set up for something it's like that. It's definitely not there. <laughs> but this also like the the whole space debris thing also could be why, you know, people are trying to get to Mars. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mars Mars will be really amazing and I think we're we're going to see a shot at it. I mean, it's in it's planned right now. I think SpaceX wants to if they meet that uh that orbital window to actually toss yeah. that thing over there. But um NASA's also not that far behind, finally, um, you know, pulling pulling themselves out of the last decade, which is so awesome to see. Oh, my They've gosh. Got so I'm many launch it. providers now and, and funding starting to flow. It's good. It's I mean, good finally, I used to watch the movies and be like, oh, my God, when people would get that excited and all huddle around the TV yeah. before a launch. And I'm like, oh, you know, I remember mm -hmm. having a, an assembly at school for um, I think it would have been one of the last. The, the last time John Glenn went to space. And I remember being wow. like, that is so cool. I also went to space camp because I grew up in, in awesome. Alabama near Huntsville, the Huntsville Space and Rocket Center. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was it was so cool. And so, but, oh, okay. but a lot of this I like, you know, was exposed to through film and, yeah. you know, to see that we're kind of reliving, reliving all of this and with mm. people talking about it and counting down until launch and going yeah. outside and looking for it. If you can see it, if you're near Vandenberg, yes. like here we can see some of them if it's a clear day. So and you guys get the nice uh, view of all that fuel ejecting. Yeah, we, we actually Jellyfish. can see a lot from over here. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's so um, cool. But I'm like, man, this is really neat because I, I thought that those days were potentially gone for a while, but I've always yeah. been into, um, into space, into flying aircraft, everything. Like I love flying. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you fly? Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, well, I actually did not a ton of hours, but I've done, I've done some hours towards my PPL. I just don't have nice. time to, to right. commit Yep. because I would want to do it just boom, 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 and mm -hmm. really commit to it and muscle memory and, and just have a regular cadence of flying and totally. I don't have the time to do that. 
Um, but I loved it. It's so fun. It's so fun. One day, one day, my brother's going to be able to take me up in an Osprey. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I also would love to fly in on, on, uh, onto a carrier. So if anyone uh, listening yeah. can make that happen, <laughs> let's go. I'll make sure it's like quality entertainment for everyone. If you could pick, what would you fly in on? Well, I've always wanted to fly in an Osprey. And okay. so I think I would have to, you know, jump in with my brother and nice. land in an Osprey, but also like, gosh, that would be great. <laughs> it, I mean, any, it, I think it'd be a, a thrilling to, to fly on and on anything really. It just would be kind of a dream come true, but I love Absolutely. all types of aircraft. So I'm like, cool. what about you? Oh, uh, I, I grew up next to a, a local airport. So, oh, cool. um, yeah. So I, I kind of grew up. It's funny. You were saying you near Huntsville like that. I, have you noticed that you were influenced by that stuff by like proximity? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Also, there was not much to do. <laughs> um, so yes, but but yeah. how cool that we got to go to space camp. Like I'm like, True. that's pretty awesome. I remember True. thinking it was really really cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think so. I think proximity, but also like for yeah. fun, we like to go watch airplanes land. Oh, that's great. That, that's one of my favorite things is to walk walk close to it and uh, you know end of my walk sit down watch for a while and then head back but yeah the, no growing up watching all those different types of like small private aircraft fly in and fly out and it's so close that you can just you can see the undercarriage you can actually like, oh it's so great them. it's great so when my brother was first learning um mm. so he went to the naval academy and it was uh, mm. right after the naval academy when he started you know all the flying stuff um and he at one point was able to fly in and it was over the holidays so i was at home and there's a Shelby County Airport. It's a really small airport just outside mm. of Birmingham. And as part of his, you know, training, and he was on like a Cessna or something, um, he was flying. He, he like mapped it so that he could go to the Shelby County Airport. And so my whole family were sitting in the back of like the bed of my my oldest brother's truck, like with blankets, like, oh my God. But, you know, like little did we know he was going to be, you know, flying Ospreys. And yeah. um, he actually was on, um, HMX one, which is a presidential squadron of Ospreys, oh, which wow. I mean, fascinating. Not that I didn't expect him to go big because yeah. that's all he knows how to do. But um, <laughs> it was so neat. He was practicing his like touch and goes. And so oh, he like came great. in, oh, that's, landed and then went right back. Important. And we yeah, were, now like, that you say that. My brother, you know, <laughs> Shelby County, <laughs> anyone out there? <laughs> like the cows are like, Ooh. <laughs> It's so fun. That's though. awesome. So you did, did y'all do when y'all went to watch airplanes, were you in the bed, beds of trucks? Uh, so there's like or a no? little lawn. <laughs> there's like a little lawn. So like up here, so uh, where I grew up, it's a suburb of Boston. So, um, oh, cool. you know, it's, it's so a small quite. town where, uh, you know, everybody knows each other. So it definitely has that feel to it. Um, the good and the bad. Um, yeah. But uh, that's but a true crime podcast. But felt anyway. like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> felt like there was like a lot of time it's a totally different world now but in the early 90s like it felt like there was just a bunch of time to kill so yeah bunch of time in the woods and, and totally. going places so the local airport has uh, just a nice launch you could literally just lie out on like a nice mm -hmm. summer day and, and just sit back and watch them just come in and out it's great i love that sometimes i go yeah. out to camarillo and do that and mm. i'll bring like a uh tailgate and chair <laughs> Oh, nice. Alabama's really coming out. <laughs> but I would take a, a lot. Actually, during the pandemic, I did this a ton. Mm. Um, I would just go out to Camarillo because 
um, I live in Agora now, but I was in Calabasas at the time. Mm. And um, so Camarillo is super close. That's where I did my hours towards my PPL. But cool. um, I would just go take my tailgating chair and sit out there and watch. And then you can actually tune into ATC so you can oh, you great. Know, hear what they're saying. And it's really fun. I, d- I, I honestly did that a ton during the pandemic. <laughs> I did that and I went to Target. Hey. That's how I stayed somewhat normal. <laughs> was going to Target and talk to people. I would just talk to people at That's Target. That's good. That's good. I can. I could. I probably should talk to more people. But this is this podcast is like my outlet. So <laughs> I love it. The, I, I never. We've really gone down some some rabbit holes. This is great. It's beautiful. It's like a conversation. It's great. It's just kind of like rolls. What um, What does the, that quote say next to you? Uh, the quote says, "Success is not measured by what we have. It's about who we are and what we give." I love it. Thank you. I love it. So true. Thank you. Little reminder. So true little reminder every day we all need that we do we do um so you mentioned i want to tie it up a little bit i wanted to close up on event adventures but definitely you mentioned you know you have experience recruiting and i know there's a lot of people you know i talked to through the podcast that um are looking to get into stem or are uh, have a stem background and are maybe not in a place where they like it they're trying to go into either space or some other field so like if there's any advice you have especially now with the the climate that we have mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just some good old advice that works um what I think kind that, of advice you have for folks well i just think it's a good reminder and i even have to remind myself when my mm. you know insecurities creep up um that non-linear careers are becoming the norm um mm. the tech industry is filled with individuals who are channeling their experiences in various sectors into tech-centric careers. And so mm. for me, it was creativity, discipline, and and all of those other skills that I learned mm. through dance that mm. really level up the work that I do in tech. Um, mm. the, the VC industry, for sure, is still dominated by a lot of rigid rules mm. that do not reflect the eclectic world that we live in today. So um, you know, I, I didn't take the traditional trajectory into this career. So I, I feel like it allows me to think outside of the box. Um, so I didn't, I'd encourage others who are, you know, might have a nonlinear path um, to wherever they end up to fully embrace it, to know their value, to embrace what makes them different. Mm. Um, and know that it's okay to not know, you know, it was, yeah. like I was saying, like, I didn't, There were many years where I was going, I really just don't know what I'm going to end up doing. You know, Mm. I certainly didn't dream of being a recruiter when I grew up and it wasn't until I transitioned, but I also was dancing at the same time and and enjoying, you know, my creative side. And I still do. Yeah. Um, I, it wasn't until I landed in venture that I went, wow, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And Mm. so it's okay to not know, but then, you know, especially um, it can be really intimidating, um, and especially, you know, in the the seat I sit in, uh, as one of the four percent of female fund managers, um, there are a lot of people who, you know, are either aren't used to um, have seeing someone like me uh, right. in in this position, and I take that opportunity um, really seriously. Um, but I also really embrace what got me here. And Mm. I'm really, it's something I'm really proud of. You know, I've had people tell me, don't wear that, Um, Mm. change your nails. I can't use this photo. Um, I've had, I've had, you know, 
people say, can we use a photo from like 10 years ago? I'm like, it doesn't even look like me. I had black hair and like, no one's going to know who that, who yeah. I am. Um, but it's, you know, people trying to get you to not be your authentic self, which, mm. you know, I, I put my foot down and say, no, it's what makes me great at what I do. Mm. Um, and it's, it's hard to not let insecurities get the best of us sometimes. Um, so I think, you know, that reminder that, Hey, we're all doing great. First of all. Mm. Um, but also it really embraced those, the nonlinear path that, that brought you wherever you are. And, and honestly, it's what makes our job exciting. It's, yeah. it's, it's normally the nonlinear aspects to my career that people get the most excited about when mm. I meet them and they want to talk about. And then, yeah. and it's, and it's really interesting. And I'm like, that's funny how like some people really try yeah. to get you to diminish that, but it's, it's actually true. the thing that makes you so relatable and, yeah. and like so interesting to people. And so mm. I don't know, I, I'm glad that the world's changing and in, in, mm. in, in a lot of areas, um, yeah. uh, slower in others, but you know, it's cool that nonlinear paths are becoming the norm and we can yeah. do like you you can also do so many different things at the same time and and celebrate it and talk about it and yeah. share it on your social media channels and 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 i don't know it's really fun like even thinking yeah. about this conversation i'm like man we have talked about so many different things <laughs> so many. And how cool is that it is it is it'll be so many clips <laughs> i love it what is your it's advice what, what what would be My the advice. advice that you would give thank you again for the question yeah um, no i'm interested to hear I think I'll build on that, um, on what you mentioned, like definitely part of the reason why I'm even having this conversation with you right now is because I figured out what I was really good at and then tried to amplify that. Um, and then along the way I started figuring out the other things I needed to like build around that. Um, yep. but to, I had to stop putting, I was thinking about this the other day, I had to stop thinking about what I should be doing and mm -hmm. just started tasting things. Yeah. I guess the best way I can explain it. And that's the advice I've given like a bunch of interns that I've worked with who are like moving on and trying to figure out what they were going to do. Um, it's just like taste, especially like as soon as you get out of school, like I don't think you should be at the same job for four years unless you love it and you, you're getting experience. Like you should be getting the most you can get out of it. And as soon as you find something else that interests you, like, Go there. Go do Give that. It a go. Yeah. Um, totally. And if you do I know what that. you want to do, then start doing like the daily stuff, like what you guys are doing with the the Twitch stream. What I'm doing with the podcast. It's like, yeah. I wanted to be a part, play a part in the aerospace industry, and now, like, here we are having this conversation. Totally. It's not. It's not what I I like originally dreamed of like yeah I'm not manifesting the manifesting the actual thing but the opportunities <clears throat> that have come up that i've been able to now talk to people like yourself like that all happened because i just kept saying all right what what else can we where does this go what what else can we can we find from this so i love it and i have to say yeah. podcasts i'm i'm a i'm an avid podcast listener nice. um i'm actually one of the people that most people get very annoyed by and i'll have <laughs> um a thousand I'll have a podcast on, a TV on, <laughs> uh, music playing, and I'm like in the zone, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love listening to podcasts. I really, mm. really enjoyed listening to your episode with Jordan. I know I mentioned it earlier, but it's just so rare to hear y'all yeah. take such a, you know, unfiltered approach to certain topics. Mm. And it was, um, it just made me, first of all, so proud 
uh, that th that those conversations were being had. And it's also um, in, in a way confronting that I don't hear some of those things that regularly. And I, again, I'm an avid podcast listener. Um, and so it just really meant a lot to me that y'all were, y'all were talking about some of the things that you did. So everyone listen mm. back to Jordan's episode too. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. and, and even just how you celebrated some of the, you know, non-traditional components to what we do. And, um, it just was really refreshing. I know I, yeah. I, when we were having some, some scheduling, uh, issues, I was like, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Thank you um, for that email. And I actually I, I have major it. stage fright. I'm, I'm not oh. making this up. I'm, I actually like love talking to people, mm. but uh, live on camera, you know, like on the spot I, and, and, you know, available to as many people as, is yeah. Uh, available to listen. Um, I, I get really, really nervous. And so, um, I have to say after listening to, uh, your episode with Jordan, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be fun. Okay, I'm, good, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nervous anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but totally. I'm, but I'm really excited. And so, yeah, thanks for, you know, going for it and creating this Absolutely. platform. And it is scary. It's scary to put yourself out here like this and, nice. and how regularly you do it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Cause even well, on the Twitch you. stream, I'm like, I don't have to interview people or anything. Yeah. And hands are shaking while I'm oh, doing the project. It's it, wild. If you go back to an early YouTube episode, I, I nervous, like I, I don't, can't even like hold my I face and I it. still, no, seriously, I still get nervous, um, to this day, but I, I have like a blacksmith just hammered myself into the right crystal structure. Yeah. um for it so like i, I don't know I, I i've put in enough time doing it. it it definitely helps but um you know i was also a jazz musician growing up so oh that's so I've, cool i've performed enough times and that was kind of part of the reason why i started a podcast was like i'm not playing music as much anymore but i still want to mm. perform how do i do that well let me get on the mic and and talk and then that when is I, so cool so can yeah. you play for us Oh no, I I cannot play for you right now. Okay, uh, I need time. to build uh my embouchure back. I'm a, a trumpet player. Oh wow. Um, so I actually ended up injuring myself playing trumpet, um, like towards the end of my high school career. Oh no. Um, of playing, uh, it it is this all tiny muscles in your. Oh, legs. I believe it. Yeah. So when you play too high and too loud, sometimes you rip them. So. That's I don't know I how did. you do it. I was on dance team <laughs> in high school, and we performed with our with our band, which. Honestly, we had so much fun. We put, we actually uh, performed in the Rose Bowl parade. We all oh, came out in California. It was a huge deal for us. That's huge. Um, but I, I mean, trust me, I'm, yeah. I, I was always in awe at, mm. at, you know, anyone playing an instrument. I was like, man, I could barely march <laughs> to the beat. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Um, but that's awesome. So do you still do, do jazz? Are you going to get back into it? Are you, are I you definitely you know, want to get back into it? A lot of the music that's on this podcast is stuff that I've digitally created either by myself or with cool. my friends. Um, so we are always like COVID obviously threw everything off, but, um, whenever we get together, we'll like pull stuff out and play. So it's more about so cool. getting the discipline together to like and it, it'll it'll have to come from me where it's like okay if i if we want to make music for this like i've got to be the, the the band leader i've got to make sure we organize it so i'm just not there yet <laughs> so that's so cool <laughs> i love it, that it is coming it is coming. jazz music is great and there used to be so many um so many cool places especially in la that would have mm. live music every night oh. and i'll never forget when um i used to love going to this uh this actually 
I don't even know what it was called. It was just a like a hole in the wall. Oh, that's even better. Um, place in Hollywood near, not far from like Hollywood and Vine, Hollywood and Gower, mm. um, like in the heart of Hollywood. Um, and they closed it down to open the Dream Hotel, and I mm. was devastated because it was Damn. it was a place where when you just wanted great live music, you didn't want to have to worry about you know lines or or anything like that, and it just was a great chill moment you would mm. go there and and seeing some of those um a just be taken over by you know hotels or whatever yep. but then with the pandemic i'm like man i miss i miss live music yeah me uh, too. so much me too yeah so but i i listen to you know my my dance music all the time <laughs> you, you have to i mean uh, yeah i <laughs> listen to so many different genres of music it's it's crazy um, i love it well net well yeah. well um, once you are ready to play again, let me know. Okay, cool. I want to hear it. That's so Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. If we ever Absolutely. need music for anything, I'm going to hit okay. you up. Hit me up. Hit me up. That would be great. I'll do that it. That would be awesome. <laughs> I uh, love it. Jenna, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. Uh, it, you said you had stage fright, but I, you were a complete joy to go back and forth with. Well, so thank, thank you. Thank you. You made it easy. Thank you <laughs> so much it. for having me. And I got to Absolutely. listen to Jordan's as True. prep. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yep. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. Um, but also I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be fun. It was I don't good. We started off strong and we just, we just kept going. It was good. Yeah, that's right. It was good. That's right. Um, I love it. Any last thoughts that you have for the folks? Oh gosh. Too many. Again, <laughs> we're, we're here at the end and, and. You know, people are probably sick of hearing hearing me talk. No, My nickname no. is Mouth of the South. So, um, but if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I love getting um, LinkedIn connection requests. So um, find me on LinkedIn, um, and I will I will write back to you. So just add in the note that you you listen to this. If you have any questions for me or or literally anything, um, I'm kind of an open book, and I think it's important, especially with with what we do and with venture bings. So um in ways uh, uh uh one of the best kept secrets yeah. um i'm excited to share with people how we do what we do so that if there is someone who is interested in this career or is launching their own fund you know i want to be available to them i want to yeah. share whatever i've learned even though i know there's still a ton more to learn but jordan and i even in a short period of time have learned so much um and so much that's not available to yeah. to people and that we've really had to pry out of yeah. people um and so I, I i would love to be you know a resource for anyone who is wanting to start their own fund or has questions there or you know if you just want to connect in general yeah thank you for both you and jordan doing that i think there's not a lot of barely anyone that i know that's doing that at for with what you guys are doing so um making yourself available is really cool so well it's important you yeah, know it is and it's like it is. how can you how can you know that you're evaluating the best opportunities out there if you if you don't put yourself out there and know more people right. <laughs> like i feel i always feel so behind i'm like yeah. and i hate even the term networking but it's like it's yeah. how it, it you know like if, if it's our job to you know know everything that's out there we have to know people any true people all over the world who are engineering things and so yeah. you know i really love when it's um you know outside like i definitely love looking um outside of our ecosystem mm. like we already you know cold, cold outreach is has kind of brought me to where i am that's actually how i met jordan um yeah. and so yeah. 
you know, I think it's really important that the warm intro only culture of it all bites the dust and we, mm. um, you know, expand our networks, get to know anyone and everyone who's working on cool things and should have yeah. the opportunity to get funding. So. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you, you heard it here, folks. Jenna Bryant, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, this was so fun. Thank you so much. And send me um, the details of your t-shirt. Yes, absolutely. I'll send you Julia Kaliski's designs. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking her up after this. Thank you Perfect. so, so much. This was awesome. Thank you. This was awesome. Uh, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Spread love and spread science. Live long and prosper. Have a great rest of your week. I love it. <laughs> Bye.